Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... We don't give jobs to anybody. Everybody has earned their job. And, and we could dig into this, but we've created a unified workplace where people with different abilities work side by side in our typicals. And part of that gratitude is giving back. We don't think it's enough to just sell stuff. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 468 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with John and Mark Cronin. John and Mark Cronin are the dynamic father-son duo behind John's Crazy Socks, a social enterprise on a mission to spread happiness. Against the odds, they turn their venture into the world's largest sock store, achieving multi-million dollar revenues and earning the title of EY's Entrepreneurs of the Year. John, with Down Syndrome, breaks barriers as a business owner revealing the capabilities of those with differing abilities. Committed advocates for inclusion, they've testified before Congress, spoken at the UN, delivered TEDx talks, and appeared on network television. Renowned keynote speakers, they craft unique customer experiences, foster an engaged workforce, and contribute to social causes through their giving back program, where they've raised over $650,000 for charity partners. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing how John's Crazy Socks are creating an inclusive environment for diverse people to find meaningful employment and the opportunity for businesses to embrace a social mission and give back while experiencing financial success. John and Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. It's absolutely wonderful to be having you on the podcast. Yeah, Dad. Dad uh, thank you so much. I have it on, on your podcast. We appreciate it be on your podcast. We are excited to be here. You speak our language when you talk about social impact. It's so fantastic to have you both here. I'm really excited for this conversation. And I think it's best just to kick things off. Could you guys share a bit about your backgrounds and then what led to your work in social enterprise? Well, you want to introduce us? Yeah, my name is John. I am the son. <laughs> uh, he's Mark. I he's my dad. He's the father. <laughs> Usually, your dad is your father. Yes. What's the name of our business? Our business is John Crazy Socks, and that yes, our mission is spread happiness. Spread happiness. So, you know, we could tell you your origin stories matter because they give you your DNA. So we can tell you the story of how and why we got started. You'd have to go back to the fall of 2016. And our story starts in a small log cabin 
in the woods. No. no. <laughs> Starts in a town called Huntington, a suburb of New York City. And where were you, John? I was at a Huntington High School. I could be my last year school. So as you already mentioned, Indio, John has Down syndrome. Yes, I am. So he's in his last year of school trying to figure out what am I going to do next? And what were you looking at? I like a job program in school. I can't find crap that I don't like. He couldn't find anything he liked. And this is a problem not only in the U.S., but around the world. There just are not enough opportunities for people with differing abilities. But John here. Yeah, Dad. John's a natural entrepreneur. Yes, I am. You didn't see a job you wanted. What you said? I said, I want to create one. I want to make one. I told my dad I'm going to finish with him. And night, fathers have been together. So, <laughs> so I'm a lucky man. Yes, right? you are. I've got three sons, and this is one I can work with. Yes, I am. So, <laughs> okay. I've run a lot of businesses, and um, John had seen that. That's one of the reasons I think he liked this idea. We had to come up with what were we going to do. And John here has a lot of ideas. I do. I smoke my ears. Yeah, smoke comes out of his ears when he's <laughs> thinking hard. <laughs> and what was one of your ideas? One of them is a food truck. I have an idea by the movie called Chef on John Farrell. I need <laughs> Yes, yeah, I, I need movie about a father and son buying a food truck. So like food trucks are universal. All around the world, people like eating at food trucks. Mm. And we're thinking, what could we make and where would we put it? But we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah, we can't cook. I love chicken. So <laughs> it wasn't going to be a food truck. But then, right before the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday, which is in late November, John had his eureka moment. Yes, I did. I'm going to sell crazy socks. Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. It always let me be me. I want a crazy socks on my entire life. We used to drive around looking for these socks. Yeah, we did. So we figured this. If John loved them that much... Surely other people would too. We could find our truck. So we went the lean startup route. We said, let's get something up and running real quick. And our customers will let us know if it's a good idea. So you already had the name. Yeah, I, I, I have a name to a website. I have an idea. So we built a simple website, got a little bit of inventory. The only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page and I would take out my cell phone, and we took we made videos. And who do you think was in those videos? I am. I, I talk about socks. It's stocks, stocks, and more socks. We opened in mid-December of 2016, not knowing what we would get. And that very first day, we got what felt like a flood of orders. We got 42 mm. orders. And most of them were local which made sense. They came from the town of Huntington where we lived and he was in school. So we delivered those via home deliveries. We got red boxes, put the socks in the box, put thank you notes in, put candy in, yes. loaded up the car, drove around, and he knocked on doors, handed out socks. Yes, they did. How the customers respond. Customers love 
the socks. Carpet responds. I take a picture with me. I take a picture with the socks and the customer and share the I send a picture on, on social media. A word I get a spread. We had customers ordering again just to get John to come back to their door. Yes. <laughs> and it was some funny moments, right? We'd be out after 10 o'clock at night. John's knocking on doors. Knock, just, knock, knock. Just John with your socks. Yes, you mean. So, and it, right from the beginning, John had the idea, we were just going to spread some happiness. Yes. So by the end of that month, really two weeks, we had shipped 452 orders, and we knew we had something. Today, how many socks we have? Today we have four thousand different kinds of stock and any sources, which means I am the one of the stock stock. Largest stock stock, and right? That, and we have four fifty thousand shipping orders, and we also we ship over a eighty-eight different countries. We've been able to create thirty-four jobs. 22 of those are helped by people with different abilities. We've now raised over $700,000 for our charity partners. And as John likes to say, I'm sick of starting. Just getting started. <laughs> wow. What an absolutely fabulous origin story. As you said, they're really, really important to, to start with that why and to see that kind of that point of, of creation, right? And seeing that idea manifesting into a full-blown social enterprise. And as you touched on there, you're founders of John's Crazy Socks. So firstly, can you share a bit more about how this enterprise operates? And then also, how are you addressing the problem of accessibility for employment for people of all ranges of abilities? First of all, and you, you hit on this, you have to know your purpose. You have to know your why. For us, it's spreading happiness. And what do you say are the keys to happiness? It, it's gratitude and to for others. But essential to that is showing what people with different abilities can do. We start with John here. Yes. John, you have Down syndrome, but, yes, we, but we don't hide you in the back. And, and I, I've been in the front, my job, I've been on, on the face. The company, I've been there. We make sure everybody knows this is a company owned and led by yes. a person with Down syndrome. And then it's hiring people. And we could talk about that hiring, but it's very important to us that we have a neurodiverse workplace. We don't give jobs to anybody. Everybody has earned their job. And, and we could dig into this, but we've created a unified workplace where people with different abilities work side-by-side side, neurotypicals. And part of that gratitude is giving back. We don't think it's enough to just sell stuff. You have to give back. We share that experience with our customers. So they know they're going to get great socks, right? Great choice, great socks. We have over 30,000 five-star reviews. But they also know that when they buy from us, they help employ people with different abilities. They help us give back. They're helping us spread happiness. Right? We've gone and counted. There are exactly one gazillion sock companies out there. And if all you're doing is selling socks, what do you say? How do you differentiate yourself? But because we have a story and a purpose, we stand out in the marketplace. 
and we build relations with our customers. Wow, absolutely fabulous answer there. And that also jumps into my next question as well, talking about the social and retail mission and how they're so closely intertwined. But I guess instead of asking about why you do that, which you just touched on there, I suppose I would like to ask from both of your firsthand practical experience, how can other businesses start to create a meaningful impact and incorporate a story of purpose into their business operations if they aren't already? There are a couple of things here. One, you have to ask, why do we do this? It's not what do we do. We sell sock, but why are you doing it? And the answer has to be more than just we're going to make money. And don't get me wrong, India. We want to make money. It turns out we like to live indoors. But you got to find something that has a bigger driver. And then you have to look and recognize the impact that even a small business has. We have an impact when we hire people and you give people an opportunity. Many of our colleagues, we give them their first jobs. They couldn't get jobs elsewhere. Mm. That's a huge impact. And when you hire people, you're not just hiring one person. You're affecting their whole family. And that affects the community. Now you start having a real impact. And when you have a business, no matter how small, you now have a platform to reach people and act on that. So because of our business, people will listen to us. Look at you. You've invited us on your podcast. How cool is that? But then that creates an obligation on our part to speak up. So we've been fortunate. You, you mentioned the introduction. We've spoken twice now at the United Nations. Yes. We routinely meet with elected officials. We've done that both in the U.S. and in Canada. We have testified twice before the U.S. Congress. And if you see what's going on nowadays in the U.S., we have to add we were not subpoenaed. We went voluntarily. Right? <laughs> to show, you know, and a lot of it is show, don't tell. Let's show what the benefits are. The best thing we can do, and we do a lot of speaking engagements, is have John stand up in front of an audience because it changes people's minds. And we want businesses to see how we're successful because of the people we hire. If you got to know us, you'd find out that John here, you're a very nice guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm my dad. I, I am not. Yeah, a, I'm not a nice guy. If you're going to work for us, you have to produce. You know, we don't do favors. We don't give jobs. Everybody who works with us has earned their job. And that's part of the dignity. They know they belong there. Everybody knows they're contributing to the mission. And that makes it all the more valuable. Mm, it's absolutely beautiful to hear more about that and your organization and that social mission. And as you said, bringing that dignity and being able to increase that inclusivity in that workplace as well. And the long-term impacts that creates for communities is just inspiring to hear. Well, here's, you... You know, here's a reality. One of the realities we have to deal with. In much of Europe, particularly Northern Europe, in Australia, in the United States, in New Zealand, there is a growing labor shortage. 
there's falling birth rates. There are not enough good workers to fill all the jobs. At the same time, in all of those countries, the unemployment rate for people with differing abilities is astronomical. You have a natural fit there. We can fill those openings by hiring people that have a differing ability. And again, don't do them any favors. They'll be great employees. We focus on the business benefits of hiring people. We don't make the moral argument. We think the moral argument is plain. But your business will be better. I'll give you an example from what we do. So John's Crazy Socks, we're an e-commerce store. Right. If you sell online, you have to fulfill orders. You've got to have a pick-and-pack warehouse. You might outsource that. We choose to do it ourselves. We do it ourselves because we're trying to personalize the service and we want to create jobs. So we've been in business just over seven years. In those seven years, we've pulled from three labor pools. People with different abilities, moms. There are some dads in there, but we schedule people in four-hour shifts. It's not heavy lifting. So you can put your child on the bus in the morning, send them off to school, come to work, and then be home in time to pick your child up after school. Mm -hmm. And the third group are just laborers who want a starting salary of over $16 an hour. By far, the best labor pool for us are people with differing abilities. They want to be there. They're focused. They're enthusiastic. They do great work. And when other businesses near us can't find enough employees, we have more than enough. And so we try to share that with other businesses to say, look, you can do this for your business. If you hire people with different abilities, you're going to gain a competitive advantage. Yeah, exactly right there. And and as you said, just incorporating that and considering the business perspective and then what impact you can create from that is is just you've hit the nail on the head there and explaining that there. Thank you so much. And, and, and think about it. Think about it from a business perspective or a customer perspective. If you're going to buy socks, would you rather buy socks from us or from some run-of-the-mill company that just makes socks? Are you going to mm -hmm. buy from us? Because that's going to make you feel good. Because mm -hmm. you're going to support what we're doing. The businesses that involve, that engage in social impact stand out. They get mm -hmm. more customers. They're more resilient. It gives you a competitive advantage. Mm, those business interests and those social missions so intertwined there, deeply intertwined. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing that there. And I just want to say and ask you now, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced on your entrepreneurship journey and the key lessons that you've learned as a result? One challenge for us has been gaining capital. We bootstrapped group rapidly, but we were undercapitalized. We had to go out looking for capital, look for the right partners. You know, I'll tell you, we kissed a lot of toads yes. in that effort before we found <laughs> the right partner. So that's part of the challenge. But it's like any other business. We have to keep innovating and connecting with customers because the world changes around you. And you never know what's going to get thrown at you. Who planned on a pandemic? Mm. <laughs> so you have to figure out how you're going to adapt. But what we've also learned is be true to your mission. We're not really in competition with anybody else. We're just in competition with ourselves of striving 
to fulfill the dream we have of how to do this. I've spoken to our colleagues when we, we work together and, and now we have some strategic partners. I say, we get to live a dream. We get to dream up the way we think the world should be, the way we think a business should be run, and we get to run it that way. And we have no excuses, right? We can't blame it on the board and we can't blame it on headquarters. This is what we're going to do. And it turns out to be wonderful. Very well said there. And John, are there any lessons or challenges that you would like to share that you faced on your journey of entrepreneurship? Um, What's your advice to people? My advice? My advice is um, follow your heart, follow your dreams, and show you can do. John is a great partner to have. Thank you, He's brave. He's bold. He's always asking, okay, what do we have to do to make this happen? Instead of, let me tell you all the reasons why this is hard or we can't do this. Mm. Wow. What a beautiful combination there. And I mean, it just absolutely shines for your personality through that business as well, John and and Mark, just such a great combination there and doing such amazing work. So thank you for sharing so much about your journey there. And we're actually moving into wrapping up our interview, unfortunately, but I just got two quick questions here to, to throw out here at the end to both of you. So firstly, what are some inspiring projects or initiatives you have both come across recently creating a positive social change? We see other businesses now hiring people with differing abilities, and that's very cool. We support some entrepreneurial businesses as well as larger businesses doing things. You know, uh, here's an example. Microsoft, they pick their heads up and they're in fierce competition to hire people with technical skills. And they asked, why don't we hire more people with autism? It's because that person may not look you in the eye or may not give you a firm handshake. What does having a firm handshake have to do with writing computer code? Mm -hmm. So Microsoft changes, has changed the way they hire people. That has led to hiring many more people with autism, which gives them a competitive advantage. Or we've been doing some work with TD Bank, the Canadian bank. In the past year, they, we put this in some context, if you have a large company, you may not realize it, but you're already neurodiverse. People just haven't self-revealed. So they set a target that they wanted to create a culture where people were able to be their true selves, their authentic selves. Now, 8% of their workforce identifies as being neurodiverse. And because they've created an environment where you can be your authentic self. And that's really important. Some fabulous initiatives that are ongoing there. And as you said, championing that neurodiversity in their workplaces as well and all of the benefits that that brings. So thank you so much for sharing that. And to finish off, are there any books or resources you would recommend to our listeners? We've spoken kind of around it. Start with why. It's always a good book. And I would have to say, Listen to more Bob Dylan. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Getting back to Bob Dylan. Very nice recommendation. Why is that? Tell us more about that. Oh, no, it's i I'm a Bob Dylan fan, but there's also, um, you know, we get asked often, tell us about celebrities who have worn your socks. And John had become sock buddies, if you will, with former President Bush the Elder, but several U.S. presidents, Prime Minister Trudeau in Canada have worn his socks. 
Some Hollywood people have worn his socks. And there's a rumor that Bob Dylan was wearing John's socks when he picked up his Nobel Prize. Ooh. Now, we started that rumor, <laughs> but but he hasn't denied it. <laughs> well, it's got to be confirmed then. <laughs> 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 oh that's amazing and um and yeah that just absolutely fabulous <laughs> what a great story and also just finish off then so john are there any books or resources you would like to share as well the books books go uh, dogs go <laughs> oh yeah i love that but go dog go dog go a really good thing pictures book oh how about the book you were reading last week from steve Tasante? Adventures in Entrepreneurland. Yes, I love that book. Uh, an entrepreneur named Steve Tassante has a, a neat book out called Adventures in Entrepreneurland, where he uses fables to talk about the power of uh, wow. entrepreneurship. It's pretty mm. neat. Wow, that sounds like a fabulous resource there for our audience. And all of the initiatives enterprises, movements, obviously John's Crazy Socks, all of these organizations and social impact missions are going to be linked in at the end of the article. So once our listeners have listened to our discussion and conversation today, they can jump onto our website, check out your article, and they'll be able to click on through and look at all of those fabulous insights and resources. So I just want to say, unfortunately, that does bring us today to the end of our interview. But John, Mark, it's been wonderful to have you on the podcast. I really can't express enough how much joy I got out of reading about your journeys in entrepreneurship, all of the work you're doing, and all of the very well-deserved recognition that you're getting in this space. So I just want to say, I wish you all the continued success in the future. And I look forward to hearing more about that. So thank you so much. All the best. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.